So, good evening, and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Yes, we talk about film, and we talk about music. And 30 years ago today, on August 12th, 1991, Metallica released Metallica, or as we refer to it, The Black Album, produced by Bob Rock. This was a whole new ball game for Metallica. This is probably their most successful album of all time. Selling wise. Many of us would feel and say that Master of Puppets is their masterpiece. The Black Album, probably number two. Went on to sell 16 million records. Still sells a million records each year in the U.S. Enter the Sandman. The Unforgiven. Nothing Else Matters. Wherever I May Roam, Sad But True. Those were just some of the... And Don't Tread On Me. Those were some of the songs off of uh, the Black Album. The Black Album, it's, it's a controversial one. They first were at odds with the new producer, Bob Rock. They didn't like Bob Rock. Bob Rock brought something out of them that I don't think they thought they could do. The songs were written in two months in mid-1990. The ideas for some of them were originated during the Damaged Justice Tour. Metallica was impressed with Bob Rock's production on Motley Crue's Dr. Feelgood and decided to hire him to work on their album. Initially, the band members were not interested in having Bob Rock producing the album as well, but changed their minds. Lars Ulrich said, We felt that we still had our best record in us, and Bob Rock could help us make it so this album split fans it split them in a big way first of all Bob Rock turned everything up rather than turned it down which had been the occurrence of a and Justice for All. People that I've talked to have often said that it took a long time for the Black Album to really be embraced by Metallica's true fan base. Then you had new people who were getting into Metallica through the Black Album. This is, of course, also the year of grunge. You know, you've got Nirvana's Nevermind. Pearl Jam's 10 coming out, Bad Motor Finger by Soundgarden. And it was it was an interesting time. But this really did split Metallica fans. Even still to this day, people are like, I don't know about the Black Album. Because to them it sounded too mainstream. And it did work its way into the mainstream. It hit number one. Uh, many of the songs became hits. And then you have Nothing Else Matters. The orchestration, which was later turned down in the mix, according to Lars Ulrich. And those charts were written by the late Michael Kamen. 
who was this really great composer, had done film, had done television. And he met them at the Grammys and they said, oh, we love what you did with Nothing Else Matters. And he says, well, I couldn't really hear it in the mix. And they said, check this out. And they had an elevator music version of Nothing Else Matters where it's just uh, an acoustic guitar and uh, the orchestration and James Hetfield singing. It's a really great album. I mean, you've got The Unforgiven, which is probably one of my favorites. Enter the Sandman. It's one of those albums that changes everything, whether you like it or not. You know, James Hetfield has said that he had been listening to Chris Isaac and Chris Isaac had done Wicked, uh, Wicked Game and he wanted to write a record like that. And so he was doing a lot of acoustic orchestrations with his songwriting. You know, he had done The Unforgiven and then Nothing Else Matters, which is originally about his girlfriend at the time. And was scared to bring it to the band, and they brought it. To, he brought it to the band, and they loved it. And then you know the decision to put the orchestration on that song. So when they met Michael Kamen at the Grammys, as I said, Michael Kamen, and they and he says, you know, you guys are really good. You really should think of playing with an orchestra. And they were like, really? So then eight years goes by. And if I can find it, let's let's have Mr. Michael Kamen. May he rest in peace. What what a prolific person to um, approach. Met- Metallica were at the z- at their zenith, okay, when uh, the Black Album came out. The Black Album changed everything. And here we go. Bob said, "No, don't worry about it. We'll get someone to come and score the thing." The call came through one day. Are you interested in doing a song with Metallica? And I went, wow, Metallica want an orchestra? That's pretty odd. Um, I said, well, send me the song. And I didn't know what to expect because I wasn't really uh, a devotee of Metallica's work. I knew of them and I knew kind of what they did. I thought I did anyway. And um, when they sent me the song, I was truly surprised. It was a ballad. I could just follow the tune and just go. But it would be boring. So that's Michael Kamen talking about nothing else. Nothing else matters really is a game changer. It is a game changer. Here we go. Eight complete years. And then the phone rang. And it, it was uh, my manager saying, I uh, heard from Cliff Bernstein and, and uh, Peter Menge. Uh, Metallica will do that concert. And I said, what concert? Oh, the one you talked about uh, a little while ago. A little while ago. That was another lifetime ago. Yeah. So to have that in the mix and then you've got enter the sandman which was really a different song the tail end of it and how they morphed it into it became the the centerpiece of that album that riff in fact kurt hammett of metallica says that was the first riff he ever wrote he wrote it at three in the morning and the energy and everything that was aligned 
on that moment that they released the Black Album. And it changed everything. It changed Metallica fans too, because they were so used to this thrash metal that Metallica, you know, from the first album, Kill 'em All, to Ride the Lightning, to Master of Puppets, and Justice for All. And then you hit the Black Album, and it's different. When a band does that, it is dangerous. It's exciting, but dangerous. Gojira did it with Magma. Tool did it with Anima. So, because you you really are, your, your fan base are kind of like, okay, I like this one, but I don't like the new one. You're always going to have that as, as an artist. I could never right now imagine making records with anybody else. It just came from a place that was obviously very magical. And uh, you just can't argue with the songs. And you know what's amazing is that it keeps on going. To this day, the Black Album sells, you know, right around a million copies a year. It's our dark side of the moon. There probably has been no other metal record that, in combination, sounded as good and had as many classic songs. There were a lot of planets aligning. It was the right songs with the right new producer, with the right new attitude, with the right new recording approach, with the right timing. For us, it was a long, slow build, and we had, we built up a family that cared about us and not weren't there just for the trend or fad, you know? So we had built it up, and it felt good to, uh, to get the recognition with the Black Album. To have one record like that in your career it's amazing. So that's the Black Album. I briefly, because, you know, we can't play the music. I've seen Metallica in concert. And I've always seen different versions of The Unforgiven. And, you know, when an artist gets on and the years go by, you have to change chord keys and progressions. When I saw Metallica... On December 7th, 2018, first of all, James sang The Unforgiven like it sounded on the album. So they had worked something into it because, and I understand that, sometimes your voice, over the years, you have to change your key. the key. I was so thrilled to, to uh, and then they did Nothing Else Matters, and they ended with Enter the Sandman. So it was a magical night. I know that they're playing... Aftershock, I'm probably going to go to it because I do have a ticket for the Sunday show in October. And then this December, they're celebrating their 40th anniversary when Lars and James hooked up as a band and started playing together. I can't go to that one because I think you still have to pay for it. But I was hoping to win a ticket to go. So that's that's the Black Album. 30 years. At that moment, they had been together for 10 years. And then to release the Black Album, which changed the, the, the progression of Metallica. You gotta understand something. They didn't put out an album for almost six, was it five or six years? They really rode that wave of the Black Album. That Black Album sold them a lot of copies. But it also changed the context of the band and their fans. Because you had new fans who had heard the Black Album. Okay, you had the the original core base who weren't sure of the Black Album. It made them feel uneasy because these were slower songs. This was not thrash. There's still a bit of thrash on the album. 
you know, if you listen deeper into the Black Album, some of the other songs, they still have that thrash progression. But the Black Album as a whole is is a totally different ballgame. You know, Metallica later went back to their thrash roots on Death Magnetic, which is such a great album, and then Hardwired to Self-Destruct in 2016. So I'm not worried about them. I know that people judge them and, oh, they're these millionaires now. They are still the same guys that got in the, in the room together and played and basically left Los Angeles because of the whole hair metal bullshit and went went to San Francisco. And that was all due to Cliff, Bur- Cliff uh, Burton, though. Cliff Burton, their late bassist, who was originally from the San Francisco Bay Area. So that's the that's the Black Album. The Black Album is such a magical album. I remember there would be times when I was... I, uh, for a time, I worked a graveyard shift for a certain company, a big conglomerate. And I remember one night or one morning coming home and I was so tired and overheated and Metallica's Nothing Else Matters came on the radio and I just thought it was beautiful. It was it was so amazing and so magical. And, and it made me feel, oh, okay, you know, despite this being a very tough day, the music that's that's the beauty of the black album and i and i want to also acknowledge michael Kamen, the late michael Kamen. that nothing else matters really is a game changer you think of the other bands who went on to have orchestration on their albums one that i can think of is um the goo goo dolls when the goo goo dolls did iris and johnny resnick has talked about this when he wrote Iris, he just wanted to finish a thought. And then the orchestration, the orchestra comes in and he's like, oh, there's no way going back because they're either going to be labeled as just this pop band. They're going to lose their rock roots. And I think with Metallica, that was kind of the thing. They'd already established themselves as these thrash gods, these pioneers. And to switch switch that up that really it, it's like flipping your wig to really flip the wig and say oh we're going to do slower songs we're going to do ballads i don't think people were ever expecting that from metallica but that is the beauty of music is to expect the unexpected and this is a film podcast and there is a really great documentary about metallica some kind of monster there's also a concert well it's it's a behind the scenes of the making of the black album there, there's so many different things first of all the black album went on to win best metal performance in 1992 this is this is a legendary band they have really They've really proven themselves. So, this year, on the 30th anniversary, something magical has happened. There is a album, so they've remastered the original album. 
and they have a cover album. So all of these artists have come together to breathe new life into their favorite Metallica tracks. The Black Album reissue with Matt, uh, with the covers compilation. So you have some interesting... You have, of course, Miley Cyrus doing a rendition of Nothing Else Matters. Which features Elton John and Yo-Yo Ma, Robert Churio, and Chad Smith. And Juanez, Juanez, his rendition of Enter the Sandman. Okay, so the Metallica Blacklist. The collection features contributions from artists from every genre imaginable. Alicia Cara, Mac DeMarco, Weezer, Jason Ish, uh, Isbell in the 400 Unit, St. Vincent, Royal Blood, White Reaper, Corey Taylor, Mexican Institute of Sound, Flatbush Zombies, Jose Mandero, Moses Sumney, uh, The Neptunes, uh, Phoebe Bridges, Bridgers, Darius Rucker, Chris Stapleton, Ideals. Um, when that many people come together to do a cover album of a legendary, legendary album. So at the end of the day, yes, at first, the, the Metallica fans were not sure what to do with this album. But 30 years later, it is prob- it's one of their biggest. Those are staples on the radio. But then at the, it's also... They're, the true fans really have embraced it. Whew. I mean, I wish we could... Some of these covers are interesting. I love St. Vincent. She's doing Sad But True. Cage the Elephant's doing The Unforgiven. Corey Taylor, Holier, holier Than Thou. Flashbush Zombies doing The Unforgiven. This is... this is The Neptunes are doing where, Wherever I May Roam. Portugal The Man is doing Don't Tread On Me. Phoebe Bridgers is doing Nothing Else Matters. That's really cool when there's more than one version of that. Smiley Cyrus is doing Nothing Else Matters. Dave Gahan, Gahan, Gahan of Depeche Mode is doing Nothing Else Matters. My Morning Jacket, Nothing Else Matters. Chris Stapleton, Nothing Else Matters. See, this is cool. Everyone gets to put their stamp on their favorite song from the Black Album. Alicia Cara is doing Enter the Sandman. Juanez is doing Enter the Sandman. Weezer is doing Enter the Sandman. So watch out for that. It's coming out in September. I think it's the 10th. And to Metallica, as someone who I've loved them from afar, my first time seeing them live was in 2018. So that was a, that was a pinnacle moment. But the Black Album, that is a pinnacle album. And so I want to just acknowledge its brilliance 30 years later on Pleasant Dreams. Thank you. 